welcome to Wasted Local Talent. Today we're bringing you something a little bit different. Okay, I lied. It's not that different, but it feels different. This week's episode, we have Maggie, the owner of Vertical Vixens Pole Fitness out of Clarksburg. You can find them on Instagram at verticalvixenswv. They also have a website. It's verticalvixens.com. And they are having their grand opening on November 9th at 4 p.m. The address is 741 East Main Street in Clarksburg. Jed and I have been good friends with her for quite a while now. And uh, speaking of Jed, Jed, how are you doing today? Oh, wait, you're at home in bed, you piece of shit. Jed's suffering from what we call B-bibs. It's a combination of being blind, bald, and having irritable bowel syndrome. That sounds tough, Jed, but I'd be lying if I said that I actually gave a shit. It's a love-hate thing. Um, more hate from his side, so sometimes I just gotta poke the bald bear. Bender is the name of the song that's being played. It's by Worst Kept Secret, and they're all a little happy. You can check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Worst Kept Secret WV, and they're also on iTunes, Spotify, and all that shit. And since you're listening, if you'd like to find out more about Wasted Local Talent, you can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Wasted Local Talent. You can check out our Twitter at Wasted Local, and on our website, 13palmtrees.com slash Wasted Local Talent. Uh, that's also where you got to go if you'd like to apply to be on the show. And remember that if we don't reply to you right away, it's because I have a lot of applications and we're a little bit overbooked right now. So just be patient with us and we'll get to you eventually. Don't hate us. Don't hate me. Just hate Jed. Ooh. And before I forget, we have other podcasts. We have D&D Kinda, which is where I play the lovable character Topher. Dingus, Dorian, Christopher. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. We also have Video Game Mythos and Gurus of Gaming. If you go to any of the major podcasting sites, apps, whatever you use, search for 13 Palm Trees. They will all show up. Also, don't forget to follow 13 Palm Trees as well on Instagram at 13 Palm Trees PP. <laughs> and the same goes for Twitter. And if you'd like to delve into the sad life of me, you can check me out on Instagram at hoveroundgenocide. Now let's get to the episode. What's up, everybody? I'm Jet. And I'm Daniel. And this week, we'll be wasting our talent with... Maggie. From... Vertical Vixens Pole Fitness. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> So is this your first foray into owning a business? Yeah, I started completely from scratch. What gave you the idea? Um, so I started pole dancing when we lived in Connecticut in 2012 and fell in love with it. I taught myself because there was no studios where I lived. And then uh, Drew and I moved to West Virginia where there was really no studios. Yeah. Um, I really wanted people to dance with because I love this thing so much. Um but there was nobody to dance with. So I decided that I was going to have to create people to dance with if I wanted to share this with people. So I started teaching for a local yoga studio. Um, that studio kind of fell apart and I was left with the building. So I just kind of ran with it. Like it wasn't my idea to own a studio. I just really wanted to teach. Um, but then when the opportunity to run my own show fell into my lap, I kind of just ran with it and I'm glad that I did. So you kind of just made this happen. 
Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it, planned. No, it was not planned. Wow. It was not planned. That's just sort of how the cards fell. And now I'm I'm very happy that's how it happened because I I enjoy what I do, uh, from the teaching to the, you know, the planning, even even the crappy tax stuff. It's my crappy tax stuff, yeah. you know? <laughs> there had to have been a lot of growing pains. Oh, my God. You don't even know. Especially, like, not – because most people, they kind of get the idea that they want to have a business. Mm-hmm. You know, and they they prep for it. Yeah. Like, the, the taxes – uh, in particular, we're just very like confusing. I made a lot of mistakes, yeah, uh, and paid for those, yeah. But you know, it, it's it's for something that I love, so I'm happy. I'm happy to make those mistakes. I have a lot of learning to do still. Um, I've been lucky enough to work with the small business administration here in Fairmont, and they've been able to kind of guide me and and give me some suggestions and lead me in the right direction, which is very helpful because I certainly do not know it all. Yeah, yeah. What do you got planned? So my husband and I bought a church in February and have been slowly converting this into a a multi-purpose space, but mostly a pole studio. Um, What we would like to see happen there is to continue to grow the business, but we'd also like it to be a a performing space. So I want to uh, put on shows with my students, so like showcase type stuff. I'd like to do open mic nights, acoustic shows, art shows, craft fairs, that kind of thing. Uh, my long-term vision for myself is eventually I would like to host women's retreats yeah. uh, focused around Pole and Ariel. So I think what I'm going to start to do, and I'm not sure if this will happen this year or next year, but it's sort of the first like new adventure I'd like to take is I want to start doing like pole class sleepovers. So, like, get all the girls together. We do, like, I would host a workshop. Um, Both of my employees would host workshops and then, you know, play some games, maybe watch a movie. Drew would cook us dinner, uh, wake up, do some yoga, feed them breakfast, and send them on their way. Like a bed and breakfast with pole dance. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. That's great. No doubt. So did you... um, especially in this area, being a pole fitness, did that have like as far as, because I've had a business in Clarksburg and the community itself, just being a music venue was not cool with that. Having the labels like a pole fitness, did you get any like backlash from the community? You know, I've had a a surprisingly small amount of backlash. Honestly, um, I haven't really had to deal with the stripper argument much, to be honest with you. I think it's because when people join it, um, they fall in love with it. And they tell their friends and they kind of understand it. I have had a lot of uh, potential clients be very skeptical of it, mostly in like their own physical ability. Um, but I haven't I haven't really dealt with like any negative attention from the community other than like uh, my old studio was above a bar. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. in between classes, I'd go downstairs to meet my students and creepy old men from the bar would be like, what are you doing up there? And we'd be like, (laughs) oh, it's like Zumba, dude. Or they'd find out, can I watch? You know, creepy. So mostly like creepy drunk old men comments, honestly. But I haven't, uh, no, I don't, I haven't gotten any like shaming for what I do, which I'm actually surprised about because that does exist. That is surprisingly progressive. Yeah. Yeah, The community has, has accepted me, um, Pretty wholeheartedly, which I'm pleasantly surprised about. I wonder if maybe at this point it's just because, it, you know, they're just happy to have something. Well, that's that's how I feel. I think this area is a little bit culturally deprived. Um, it's very old school. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think there are a lot of people out there, particularly women, um, who are intimidated by the 
the normal like fitness atmosphere of going to the gym. Weights are intimidating. Other people are intimidating. Um, and we, we make a point to be very welcoming and accepting of everyone. Um, me and my employees strive to, to make it a, a welcoming environment, you know, whether you're a competitive weightlifter or you're 300 pounds, you know, we, we make this a place for everybody. And so I think that attitude kind of carries over. Um, I think, I think people are able to see that even when they haven't been to the studio. And it's definitely intimidating, right? Like, I mean, it's not like, you know, most people have kind of an understanding of how to exercise. Yes. You know, at least like a basic idea of, you know, you go to the gym, you walk on a treadmill, maybe you lift weights, you do something, you know, they, they, they have a, you know, basic understanding. But pole dancing is kind of one of those things where it's like, that's, that's kind of a steep learning curve there. Yeah. Was it intimidating for you to get into it in the beginning? For me in particular, no, it was exciting. Yeah. It was really exciting because I'd been a dancer my whole life. Um, mostly modern dance, a little bit of ballet. And I saw this YouTube video of this like competitive pole dancer and was like, oh my God, what is this magic? Um, so when I started, I was, I was more excited. And I also didn't do formal classes either. I did it with a friend who had a pole in her basement. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was like, oh, what do I wear? Um, I, you know, am I able to do this? Because my friend I was doing it with, she was learning too. Yeah. Um, but I could definitely see where walking into a class where you have certified instructors and you maybe you have other students amongst you who have been doing it for a little bit longer. I mean, some girls just wearing shorts is intimidating. You know, yeah. some girls don't like showing their legs. Um, and there is, like Daniel was saying, like there's the, the sexy connotation to it. Um, and a lot of people are very uncomfortable with that. But I believe everybody has that in them. Uh, and the world shames that a lot, but it, we all have it. Um, so we celebrate it, and we're not doing it for anybody else. We're just doing it for ourselves. Yeah. And I've seen, um, I obviously follow you on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. I've seen some people that I know who, whenever I met them, were very, you know, shy, but they're taking your class and they've started to kind of open up more as people. It's really cool to see some of these people kind of grow into the people they're supposed to be. And that's honestly like I attribute that to you to you in your classes. Yeah, I think that's that's my favorite part of the job. Like I love pole dancing, obviously. Um, but for me personally, it was more than just building muscle. It was more than improving my flexibility and my flow. It was like the the personal things that I got out of it. Um, you know, when you when you spend weeks or months attempting a new move and you fail and you fail and you fail, and then one day you finally succeed you kind of gain this understanding of like, oh, I, I can apply that to really anywhere in my life, you know? Um, and it, it does, it builds your confidence, yeah. you know? Holy shit, I'm capable of some really cool things. And so my favorite part of what I do is being able to take that gift that I was given and to give it to other women yeah. and to watch them take that and run with it. It's really phenomenal. I mean, I've had women leaving abusive relationships after being in class, um, even going back to the wearing shorts things. Like they start in knee length shorts or like capris. And then like as the weeks go by, the shorts get shorter. Yeah, shorter. And like the <laughs> booty cheeks sort of start to show and – they become more confident in their bodies yeah. um, and just in their selves. And that for me is like, I've literally cried about this stuff, you know? Yeah, like it's, it's really cool what you're doing like just with the community in general, like these you know people who are just don't have that confidence and you can help them grow in that. Not only like, you know, you're teaching them an art form, but you're also 
changing how they feel about themselves. So like those two together are just really fucking cool. Like I yeah. think it's awesome. You know? Yeah, I feel very grateful to do what I do. Um, I've always, ever since I was like a small child, known that I wanted to make a mark on the world somehow. And for a long time, that was like political protest. Um, my dad used to bring me to demonstrations when I was a kid. I did the Occupy Wall Street thing. I've been in a holding cell for protesting before. Um, and that gets old. You know, yeah. like it, mm -hmm. you get kind of jaded. It's like, it's mm -hmm. cool to go out in the streets and to yell about some stuff that you're mad about. But at the end of the day, the world's going to do what it's going to yeah. do. So with what I do now, um, I'm, I'm picking individuals and I'm, I'm helping them to change their lives. And in that they might go out and change one other person's life. And it's like this domino effect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and women have a hard time in the world, man. Like we, we get put down a lot. We have to deal with a lot of crap. So if I can help one or two or 10 or hopefully 20 women uh, to feel a little bit more empowered in their lives and in their bodies and be able to stand up for themselves and be able to say, there is a place for me in this world. And if you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to take it. Like, yeah. That's, that's what I'm going for. Yeah. And I think like, obviously, you know, <laughs> I probably, <laughs> I'll speak to it, but <laughs> I, I, I feel like there's this weird mixed message from society where, you know, society has a habit of sexualizing women. Absolutely. And then when women, you know, are confident in their sexuality and embrace it, then we shame them for it. Correct. And they're whores now. Right. And right. it's this yeah. weird, you that like, whole... you know, double standard. Mm -hmm. Yep. So what we're like doing is we push is them saying... in that direction and then we punish them. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go in that direction anyway. We're not going to do it because you push us. And when you yeah. shame us, we're going to say, fuck you. We're going to do this anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're not doing it for you. We're doing it for us. Yeah. yeah. So what's the, what would you say if you had to pick one thing that's the hardest part to learn about pole dancing? Well, that is certainly relative to the individual. Sometimes... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go from my personal experience and, and not the student's standpoint because yeah. my perspective is the only one I truly understand. Currently, for me, um, the hardest thing for me is making time to just enjoy it for myself. Yeah. Uh, I put a lot of energy into creating curriculums, uh, building lesson plans, helping students, teaching the classes, teaching private lessons, uh, running the damn business. Uh, so it is a little bit challenging for me to just make time to enjoy this thing that I really enjoy doing, you know, like often I will, I'll come into my studio like an hour or two early before I have class and I'll just kind of jam, which is wonderful. That's awesome. But I'm also part of a uh, performing troupe. So I have, I work on choreography for that. Um, one thing I've struggled with a lot is I'm giving, I'm giving a lot whether it's to my students or to this show that I'm part of and not that that's a bad thing at all. But for me, my favorite part of pole dancing is just like putting the music on, not even planning anything and just freestyling. Yeah. Just so, feeling, feeling the music. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's the healing and aspect of it for it's me. It's that personal time too, that like with any art, like, yeah, if you're, if you're a te especially if you're teaching it and right. having that personal time to where you can appreciate it like you did when you first started. I know a lot of people get jaded over time with playing music, painting, you know, photography, anything that they're into, doing it pretty much as a job. You can get Once jaded. Once it becomes work. Yeah, it, it, it right. makes it tough Yeah, to stay. turning and, your passion and, into your career, definitely. Yeah. It's wonderful in many aspects, but it certainly um, takes away 
I don't want to say takes away from the joy, but it takes away from the time that you can have to devote yeah. to the joy. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And I think uh, what I need to do personally, one of my weaknesses now is I'm getting kind of stale because I haven't uh, been able to travel and take classes. I haven't had those moments where I get to explore by myself. So one of my goals in, in the coming year is to make more time for my own practice. Because yeah. I think as a teacher, it's important that I, I stay fresh. And also just as an artist. Yeah. You know, this I started doing this thing for a reason. Yeah. So I gotta I have to stay true to that for sure. So, so coming in like new students, like so you you teach, do you teach these classes like all together, um, with or is it like individual like one on one style like in the same room or is it like everybody's kind of you know you're just. So we have Sorry. we have different levels. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have an intro class mm -hmm. every other week, so that is like a one time only class. It's half off. You come in, um, and it's just sort of like a tester class. Uh, we ask that everybody takes it first just because we, like, lay down some fundamentals. So that's a one-time thing. Um, and then we have beginner through advanced classes. So um, in our beginner classes, we're all sort of staying on the ground. Um, our head is above our hips. You know, we're not inverting. We're not going upside down. But people might be doing different things in that class. So it, it all depends on, like, when you take intro and when you decide that you want to commit to a beginner class. Um, sometimes we're all on the same page. Sometimes I got six girls doing six different things because I don't like to um, – I don't like to push people past where they're comfortable going or – past their ability. Um, I'm, I'm pretty strict on making sure that everybody gets every single piece of the curriculum before they advance into a higher level. So, you know, in order to like not make people feel pressured, um, or weird or like they're not doing enough, like we, we take our time and everybody's on their own journey. Um, right now I have, I can teach six at a time, which is actually kind of nice because that gives me, the freedom to work individually with every person, uh, which which I like. And we do plan on getting two more polls, so it'll be eight to a class. Yeah. But I, I feel like that's still manageable. And how long do the classes typically run? So you do, what, one a week per, like, uh, per level? Is that how you no, do it? No, we is have uh, – um, hold on, i got to count here. <laughs> one, two, I think we have six or seven beginner classes right now oh, wow. every week. Uh, we have two intermediate classes, one advanced class, two chair dancing classes, one life stretch class, and then one intro class every other week. Okay. So, so it's, it's, it's a busy schedule. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We're pretty, pretty packed. Yeah. Definitely. So. Um, intro is 50 minutes, and then all of our other classes are an hour. Private lessons can be, you know, as long or as short as people want mm -hmm. them to be. But, yeah, the general classes are one hour. Okay. Yeah. So how do people contact you to like if if somebody's listening now and wants to get in touch with you to to book with you or start taking classes or book a private lesson? So we have a website finally um, that my wonderful awesome brother put together for me. It is verticalvixens.com. So we have a full schedule up there. You can pay right through the site, book right on the site. Um, if you want to get in contact, there's an email on there. We're also on Facebook, Vertical Vixens Pole Fitness and on Instagram, Vertical Vixens WV. Yeah, yeah so lots of options. So you're not originally from West Virginia. No, I grew up in southeastern Connecticut. And wh when did you come here? Um, what year is it? <laughs> <laughs> I came here in September of 2013. 2013. So, so almost five years. Yeah. yeah. What would you say, uh, growing up outside of here? Um, what would you say? 
would be more challenging here versus Connecticut for owning a business? There's more people in Connecticut. Yeah. There's a lot more people in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely a wider a wider client base up there. Um, I'm going to flip the script on this question a little bit. Sure. I think the benefit of living in West Virginia and running this business is that there's not as much diversity in activity mm-hmm. in West Virginia. Um, you know, you got Zumba, you got yoga, you got the gym. Um, Big box stuff. Right. The things that are everywhere. Um, The run of the mill type stuff. And that's cool. Not to knock that at all. But um, folks like me who are weird and uh, (laughs) whose attention is sometimes kind of hard to keep, like we like weird shit. Yeah. I I lift at the gym when I can just to sort of supplement my pole dancing. But my bread and butter is pole. Before pole, I wasn't interested in fitness. That didn't even cross my radar. Um, So in the larger cities – Pole and aerial and other kinds of alternative fitness are, they're booming. Like where I come from now, of course, after I left, um, there's like three pole <laughs> studios, you know? Yeah. So they're all competing against each other. Yeah. Um, here, like there is one studio in Morgantown, but aside from that, I am the only pole studio that I know of uh, in the northern half of the state. I think there might be one in like Charleston or Huntington, but I'm, we're going to have to double check on that. I actually honestly thought that you were the only one in this area. I didn't even know there was one in Morgantown. Yeah, yeah. She's been around yeah. longer than I have. Um, but I, I think I got the Clarksburg market oh, cornered. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and people are like itching for something to do. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody uh, complains about this like drug problem in Clarksburg and not to deny that it's there. Um, but and I'm sure there's many, many factors as to why that's an issue here. But I think mm. one of those factors is that there's not a lot to do. Oh, I've, I've, I completely I've, yeah. agree. Yeah, you know, what do you I've do? Told so many, when I was in the military, I used to tell people that all the time. You know, they would ask about West Virginia and they would say, you know, because it's, you know, in recent years, it's kind of been a national thing that we have a little bit of a drug issue here. A little, little um, bit. <laughs> and, you know, that, that topic would come up a lot. And I would always say the exact same thing. There's just nothing to do there. What are you going to, I mean, you can. You could do the outdoor stuff, which is great, and yeah, that's yeah. something you can't really do in many other places. But other than that, it's like, what do you yeah. go yeah, to the movies? Well, yeah. and for I mean, you got to think too. I mean, outside of you know, if you didn't grow up in an area like Morgantown, Bridgeport, Clarksburg, Fairmont, you know, at least in North Central, of course, mm-hmm. not not to speak to the rest of the state, but where where I grew up, you know, if you didn't, if you grew up like out in the sticks, you know. There's not a lot of job opportunities there. No. I mean, there's people that that drive, you know, an hour and a half to work a minimum wage job because that's all they can do. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so we wonder where the hopelessness yeah. comes from, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I think um having having something to do and and not just something to do, but something that you can grow in personally. Yeah. Going back to what we had talked yeah. about before. Um, I'm hoping to make a, a little bit of an impact on the community in that way. So one question I have, um, so, you know, Jess, my wife, uh, she was really big into powerlifting a couple years back, mm-hmm. which you know. Um, yep. But one of the problems that, you know, not problems, but like, you know, she used to get a lot of people that would have this kind of misinformed mindset that, oh, well, if you work out too much as a woman, then you're going to get super muscly and you're going to look like a dude. <laughs> oh, I wish these <laughs> Do people you hear could that? see me yeah. rolling my eyes right yeah. now. Do you hear yes, that? Yes, I hear that a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. If you, for those of you listening who know me, <laughs> um, I'm a tiny human and I work out like six days a week. 
Uh, that's such a misconception. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you want to get big and beefy, you can, but you got to eat like it's a oh, lot yeah. of work. You have to eat yeah. so much food. I've been trying to put on muscle for years, and my metabolism is just like, nope. And like women's bodies generally don't produce enough testosterone to bring you to that level anyway. So yeah, Yeah. I do. I have seen a lot of people, oh, I'd love to take your class, but I don't know. I don't want to get all big and bulky. Pole is actually a fantastic way to build lean muscle Mm -hmm. because we're working with body weight and not with resistance. Uh, So you tone up a lot. And like I said, depending on your diet uh, and, and your cross training, you totally can bulk up. But unless you're trying, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Is that an issue that you run into as well? People uh, not stapling down their diet? Yeah. 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 Um, And, you know, some people are doing this just as a hobby. Yeah. You know, just as something to get out of the house an hour or two a week, have something to do on their own. But then there are people who are who are coming in and they're they're using this as like a weight loss thing, Mm -hmm. which can absolutely happen. Uh, But the problem I run into is that I'm I cannot talk about nutrition. Um, I'm a certified personal trainer, and when I took that course, it literally was like, you can tell your clients to eat protein, but you can't, you cannot recommend them diets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I cannot talk about supplements, so or I could lose my certification. Yeah. So I kind of direct them to some websites if they ask. Um, but unfortunately, on the nutrition end of things, they're kind of on their own yeah. just because of my scope of practice. That's kind of another misconception within fitness for most people is that you know a lot of people get this weird idea in their head that, well, if I just work out enough, I can just eat whatever I want to. No. Right. It's like, no. no. That doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work that <laughs> way. Unfortunately you can't, you can't not. That. Yeah, nutrition <laughs> no. is an enormous part of fitness. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if you're filling your body with garbage, you're going to kind of have garbage results, unfortunately. And you'll feel like shit no matter how much you work out. And you'll like feel like shit. Back when I first started working out in high school, like I'd just eat like garbage, but I took weight training every single day, five right. days a week. and. I still felt like shit. Your I was getting stronger. Don't heal very fast. Yeah, I was still getting stronger. I was sore. You know, just it right. was just miserable. Yeah, and you know that I had that mindset myself. So yeah. No, I'm not gonna <laughs> so, sit here and yeah. tell you that I live on like baked chicken and steamed kale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Like I, I make sure I get yourself. my protein and my yeah. macronutrients, and like I make sure I get everything I need. But I totally hit the cookies oh, on yeah. occasion, <laughs> and that yeah. is one of the benefits. I, I do have like a slightly higher metabolism than most, yeah. but yeah, it's definitely definitely important to f- to feed your body what it needs because we're like burning a lot of calories, we're shredding a lot of muscle tissue with what we do. Uh, so yeah, if you don't if you don't feed the beast, the beast ain't gonna grow. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine that uh, doing pole dancing is probably for people that are not used to it, and of course, I'm sure that's why you you know bring them in uh, at certain levels, but. At a high level, like when you're doing that, you know, like hard stuff, that's got to be really hard on your ligaments. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I actually do take supplements. Yeah. Because, I figure you'd have to. Yeah. Uh, I didn't for a long time and like, wow, I was in a lot of pain. Like I, yeah. my shoulders were kind of bad and like I do have a bad hip. <laughs> God, I'm so young. I'm so <laughs> I, got a bad, I got a bum hip. I'm going to But that was, um, I gained that bad hip before actually I took all of my fitness trainings and I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you don't take the proper care, you will totally get hurt, which is why I 
I prefer that people train with me mm -hmm. uh, so that I can help them to not injure themselves because yeah. it's a high impact sport. I mean, we are we are totally pushing our bodies to the limit. We are absolutely putting huge strain on our joints and our tendons and our ligaments and. Yeah, I mean, I, I know folks who, who pull at home, and that's cool. I mean, that's how I started. But like I said, that's how I gained a hip injury Yeah, was because I just was sort of going for it. And I was like 20 at the yeah. time. So I was like, ah, I'm going to be young forever. Well, that's the thing, right? It's like, you know, you make those mistakes whenever you're young and you hurt yourself, and you just bounce right back from it. You don't really think anything right. of it. But then whenever years go by, and it's like, yeah, remember it that? Your, you know, your knee wakes up one morning, yeah. and it's just like, hey, remember that one time whenever you did that one thing? That's where I am now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. Advil can, is an elder polar's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> you can feel the storms coming. Yeah. Oh, Both my no knees doubt. and my back. <laughs> Every time. Anytime a storm's coming. It's like, yep. Uh, so yeah. as someone that's afraid of heights, uh, I have to ask, the first time that you fell, was it scary? Because I know I would no, be terrified. No, honestly, no, because I didn't fall from super far, and I had a crash pad underneath me. However, I did fall on my face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've all taken some spills. But it's funny you mentioned that because I I am also a little bit afraid of heights. Yeah. However, not when it comes to pole. Really? Like, I have been at the top of a two-story pole before and been like, Oh man, got I'm like, it. This I'm is fun. But it's because I know that even if I do fall, I know like 10 ways to catch myself. Mm -hmm. If I'm like up on a cliffside oh, yeah. or up on a really tall ladder, it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, pole is my comfort zone. Yeah. That's the one yeah, place yeah. where I'm not afraid. But yeah, no, heights generally freak me out. So I've never really known this. The poles, are they are they fixed? Ugh. Common misconception. Yeah, I don't, okay. I don't know how this they, works. Yeah. There are many different types of poles in the okay. world. Um, generally, when pole became a thing, they were what we call static, which is not spinning. Um, the equipment that I use, which anybody listening, I know y'all are like, oh, I'm going to go buy a $60 pole at Spencer's. Don't do it. Go X-Pole. So the X-Poles that I use um, have the option so you can make them spinning or you can make them static. But in my class, we do like 95% spinning pole because it's just so much more fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's also a lot easier on your joints because with static pole, you're using your body to create momentum around the pole. So mm -hmm. like, for example, when we're doing a lot of like beginner spins, we're holding on with our arms, you're basically putting all of the weight into your shoulders. And if you're swinging yourself around and you don't properly engage your shoulders or maybe you don't have the strength to engage your shoulders, you can like really fuck yourself up. So with spinning pole, it's more of like a hold on and go kind of thing. So you yeah. can use a lot, a lot of other muscles to stabilize yourself. Um, it's also just a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like playing on a jungle gym and simultaneously getting in the best shape of your life. That sounds pretty awesome. It's the best yeah. thing in the world. It's my favorite thing to do. So have you ever got your husband on a pole? Uh, this motherfucker <laughs> could be so good. There were so many times when I was teaching myself where I would be like, like there was this one move in particular. It's very hard to explain. But let's just say it's an advanced move. Okay. I probably worked on this move for like a year, a year and a half and like failed and failed and failed. And Drew would come in and go, what, like this? And, just and like, do just do it. <laughs> oh, and like, man. I've tried to get yeah. him to like do it a little bit mm. more. And he's just not interested. I he's missing I'll... an index finger. So he's like, 
oh, I'm, I'm missing a finger. I can't do this. But there is literally a woman named Deborah Roach who is a competitive pole dancer with one arm. So yeah. don't want to hear an excuse it. There. I would he love doesn't it. have I would, an excuse. I would love to see Drew on a pole. He's oh, yeah. actually, listen, ugh, it's wonderful. <laughs> For sure. I would definitely, I would he's pay just, to see that. I, I just love Drew. I think oh, maybe if we tell him guy. he'll pay, he'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Drew, I'll do it with him. Drew, I'll do it with him. Yeah. We, we can should have, have like a, boys a class. pole dance off. Do you do you? teach guys too or is it strictly at this point just women i will just- absolutely teach anybody who wants to learn i've had i've had like a handful of men but 99 percent of my clients are women yeah um and you know what the couple men i have had are so good at it <laughs> like male pole dancers are phenomenal well they just have like natural upper body strength right Right, like they don't really have to train all that much for it because it's just a genetic thing. Well, some of them. Some, some, some of them, of yeah. Them. Not, that, not that's in a like generalization. An the board generalization. Yeah, you're sitting yeah. right. across from a dude who could do like three push-ups. <laughs> 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 Upper body strength. It's not there. So I think you mentioned it already, but run it through again for me. Um, you do the pole dancing, but you also offer a lot of other services, right? Yeah. So I personally um, only teach pole. I teach pole and then I teach a strength and conditioning class. So it's um, right now we're focusing on like the small muscles in the hips and the shoulders and the core. So more like stabilizing muscles. It's not necessarily like a gains class, um, yeah. but it's a it's a wonderful injury prevention. Um, and then we offer chair dance. So um, my wonderful instructor, Marissa, teaches that. Um, and that's a really awesome way to, you know, work on cleaning up your lines. Uh, in my classes, we generally focus on, like, strength um, and moves and maybe some combos. But Marissa puts together, like, a full routine. So every single class you're learning a different routine. So it's, it's a lot more dance-based. Yeah. Um, and then she also teaches a life stretch class which is focusing on like improving functional flexibility. So kind of, you know, opening up and taking care of your joints and I might need to take that class. Yeah, you I'm should. So, it's yeah. very so relaxing. It's seriously inflexible. It's oh, super yeah. relaxing. We can start carpooling. Yeah, let's do yes. it. <laughs> yeah. Well you guys have so, to come now. Oh, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Especially if us coming gets Drew on that pole. Yes. Like I'll spin around a pole all day. I think if, I he, think if he'll get on it for five minutes, I, I swear think to God. one of us might break the record for being the most inflexible person that has been. I that. guarantee <laughs> it. I'm so it. inflexible. It's yeah. We can help with this. Yeah. So since uh, since buying the church, um, are you? And you're obviously you stated that you were going to add more poles to bring it up to like eight people. Have you? Do you long term? Have you ever thought about expanding even beyond that? Like having multiple instructors to teach even more people if it grows into that or when or even it grows multiple into venues. or multiple venues. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously nothing set in stone. I'm pretty notorious for having way too many grand ideas. Yeah. Um, so don't take any of this too seriously yeah. because who knows, who knows where we'll be in a couple of years. But the first thing that I would like to do is maybe get some aerial hoops in there. So those are basically like metal circles that hang from the ceiling and it's just a different aerial apparatus. Um, so maybe like adding some different types of aerial classes. Um, one of my instructors has been dancing like her whole life. She's done like all different kinds of dance. So she's toyed with the idea of wanting to teach workshops, like once a month doing like a hip hop workshop or a ballet workshop. Cause there's not a whole lot as far as, um, like adult regular dance classes in the area. 
um, I'm basically taking my girls and I'm like, whatever you want to do, let's try it. You yeah. know, if it works, uh, that's wonderful. If it doesn't work, we'll try something else. I've, I've toyed with the idea of like maybe someday opening up another location. We're going to worry about this one first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've only been in business for three years. Short term goals. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, like I said, I'd like to focus on like doing retreats someday and, and, Veering more into like the the women's empowerment um, area, but that's a that's a whole other lifetime away. <laughs> that's pretty fucking awesome, though. I mean, yeah. that's like that's not that's not something that you hear about a lot. Yeah, right. Especially, Especially in, in this area. In this area. Yeah, you literally just took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just you know, it's so old school here. It's almost like this. You know, West Virginia is about ten to 15 years behind the rest of it feels like it's That's behind yeah, what like, I've you know, noticed the West Virginian version of empowering a woman is her having kids and being a stay yeah that's that's mom. right that's, that's which is sad fine it's like, yeah. which is I mean not if that's to bash what you on stay at home moms but like but I do think that that's sort of just become like the expected norm yes um, and if you don't do that it's like well why don't you have kids oh like, my we god run, when we I got married all the time. oh me and Drew got married three years ago and the first thing out of everybody's mouth was when are you gonna have kids yeah it's like probably just, never. Just because you're married doesn't mean like there are people that I know that have been married for years don't want kids, don't have kids. I have a business. That's not, yeah, All right, that's like, my kid. That's my baby yeah, exactly, right there. Yeah. I think that's how I'd like to keep it. But anyway, um, <clears throat> going back to what you said, Jed, um, I have one student in particular. I'm not going to say her name, but she she told me that in her family, none of the women in her family have ever gone to college. Every single woman in her family for as many generations as she can recall has been a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. She started taking my class, oh, maybe like four or five months ago. And since then, I've noticed an enormous improvement in her confidence. But also, she enrolled in a... I don't want to say exactly what it is, but yeah, she's yeah, furthering yeah. She's, her education yeah, yeah. now. Um, and she told me, she was like, I don't want to do what my mom and my grandma and my great-grandma did. Like, I want to have a job. Yeah. I want to have a career. I want to have something of my own. So I'm really proud of her for doing that. Um, yeah, there are more options out there than just, like, procreating mm -hmm. and staying home. And like I said, if that's what you want to do, that's great. Yeah. Like that's that if that's empowering to you, then that's empowering and that's fantastic. But I do feel like a lot of women are like pressured or expected just to take that role because that's what you do. Um, do you ever run into any issues being a, a female business owner? I I'm not sure if it has to do with female. I think it might have to do more with my age. age. Um, I'm 26. Yeah. So a lot of people are like, oh. <laughs> Okay, that's cute. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But uh, I've never had it necessarily hold me back. Um, but I, can, I definitely, like, feel a general air of, like, people not taking me seriously. Yeah. Because, and maybe it's because I'm a female, but I definitely think it's because, you know, I'm in my mid-20s. And I don't know that most folks my age are <laughs> doing things like this. Yeah. But I'm not worried about that because they'll see. Yeah. It takes a well, like, rounded person to really do that like not to get off onto a different subject, but whenever we had opened the cafe, like I'd never, I've wanted, I wanted to do that. I had no fucking idea what I was doing and the opportunity fell into my lap and me and Sissy did that. Mm -hmm. And she was, she wasn't even 21 yet. I was right. 27, mm -hmm. maybe 28, 27. I can't remember. 
still younger than the average business yeah, owner. Yeah, and coming into like a downtown that's pretty much known for like, there's just certain cliques in that town that yes. pretty much rule what happens there and having the one person let us do something different there in his building. Right. Is being as young as we were was just like, this is awesome. And then we just like started it and it just fucking went way over our heads in it. But it's a, it's a learning process too. If you really strive for it and are willing to put in that work, you can do it. Absolutely. And it's, it's tough and it's hard, but you know, it's possible. Though. It is very possible. I yeah. have to attribute a lot of my success to my husband. Honestly, um, he's been so supportive. I mean, there have been times where I have made like no money on this. You know, like I've taken all the money I've made from Vertical Vixens and put it right back into the studio. I haven't mm. used it to pay bills or buy groceries. And he's been like holding the job and supporting me. And like this church thing, um, I the whole inspiration for it was. There was some debate on whether or not the city of Clarksburg was going to buy the building I was renting from that my studio was in. It's I still don't really know what's going on with it. It might happen. It might not. So I don't want to say for sure. Um, I'd known that I'd wanted to expand for a while. And this just sort of seemed like a sign that yeah. it was time. And like when I found out that they might be like buying my studio – I cried and <laughs> cried and was so upset. And Drew came in and was like, we're going to fix this. And like the next day we found this listing mm -hmm. for the church. Um, we had some money set aside. We were going to buy a backhoe for Drew, which has been on his wish list for a long time. And it's not even like a fun thing. It's like, I, I want this so I can fix the driveway yeah. and like maintain our oh, property. God, I yeah. know those oh, the driveway is <laughs> made of nightmares. It's terrible. So Drew forfeited his backhoe to buy this church. And like the things that he has done, um, I never expected another human to ever do for me. Yeah. So he's, he's a lot of it, but you're right, Daniel. Like it's, it, it takes a lot of drive. It takes yeah. a lot of vision, particularly in this church renovation. We bought the thing in February and we have been there like every day working on it. We yeah. opened last Tuesday. Um, I really wanted to, to make it to the deadline that I had set for myself to open it. And so it was like, Every day off, we were in there working. Every day after work and after class, we were in there working. And I remember, like, like the last, like, two weeks, I was so tired. I just wanted to, like, <laughs> stay home and, like, lay in bed and, like, get a full night's sleep. I was so exhausted. But I knew if we wanted to do this thing that we had to keep pushing. And I was like, I can... I can sleep in in a month. <laughs> yeah, pushing, you know? pushing towards that end goal, and then once you're, you push yourself to that point, and then once it's finished, you that you feel so much better than like taking some time and maybe resting for a day, then you rest for another day and kind of get out of that cycle that you're in to get it done. That's happened to me a lot. I'm yeah. also just a lazy piece of shit. <laughs> um, but, we all have yeah. that but, in yeah. us. <laughs> but you know, keeping yourself in that and going, and then being able to appreciate the end product is just yeah, yeah. and that's what it's all about totally like i it kind of sucks getting like four or five hours of sleep and then going right back and, and working on it again mm. but i would rather do it this way than somebody just hand me the keys to a finished studio because it's obviously your, no, it's, your it's your exactly place. and it's this yours. place will never be finished like this is going to be an ever evolving mm. thing yeah um for goodness sake we own a hundred year old building <laughs> like yeah. we're gonna be working on this forever yeah. but <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm going to be able to look at what we've done and I'm going to feel super 
grateful and super accomplished. Like I, I've always believed that. Um, I so don't know. you were what 23? I was 23 when I started teaching. When you started teaching. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it was much smaller scale then. I mean, I was teaching still though. three classes a week with three poles. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I it's that's it's still grown a lot, a lot to take so, on yeah. at 23. No doubt. I've uh I've definitely grown up quite a bit since moving to West Virginia. Yeah. That was a that was a learning curve for sure. <laughs> but best thing that ever happened to me. I I have not always had my shit together like this. But I kind of attribute my success to like not having my shit together in the past. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cuz I had a reason to like Cut it out. Yeah, yeah. kind of buckle down and do what you absolutely. Want to do, you I've know. fucked up a lot in my life. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've done a lot of bad things, and I'm ready to not be that person anymore. I think that's one of the like best uh, pathways to success. It's just fucking up. Totally. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I have Get a friend it out of the way. who like her parents give her everything, and like they pay her bills. They bought her car. She went to all these like schools that she didn't want to go to because they wanted her to go and she's so lost in life. And my advice to her was like, go fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> go try a bunch of things. Hate them. Fail yeah, at them. Yeah. Because that's the only way you're gonna know what you want to do. And like sometimes you gotta piss your parents off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we're not condoning, you know, if you're doing something right now that you don't enjoy, don't go out and purposely get yourself arrested. No, to, to no, no. Drive we're not. Because, no, no Maggie criminal said mischief. I needed to get arrested. I, I need to go fuck some shit up. No mischief. I'm going to go set something on All fire. All I'm trying to say no. is go find yourself. No. No, but and it, it's a trial yeah. and error process. Thank what, you for the clarification. Yeah. Well, th well that, that's actually what happened to me is like I, you know, high school after high school, I, you know, I was just the people that I was with, I fucked up and got arrested. And then, you know, that, that was the, turning point in my mind and like what I needed to do with my life. I'm still like not doing really that's much that was anything. the point in your life when you were like, I need to record podcasts. Not then. <laughs> <laughs> back then it wasn't a thing. I'm substantially older. So I don't think so back but, but in that was whenever you realized that you wanted to start or? like recording things on stones. Yes. Hieroglyphics <laughs> yeah. in cave. If you go to like, you know, um was it uh, smoke hole caverns. Yeah, deep, deep down in there, you know, you'll find some of my Early words. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's like that's, you know, the, the turning point was, I mean, and it took a while and I'm still on that path, but it, if I didn't, if that didn't happen, you know, it's like, where would I be if I still, you know, was in that situation that I was in then, as opposed to like, I get arrested and my parents and my grandparents were like, yo, we'll get, we'll get you out of jail. If you, you have to live at home, you have to do these things. And they, you know, help me along that process. So it, you know, it's easy to be complacent if you have no reason to try to not be complacent. Mm -hmm, yeah. You know what I mean? That was yeah. my experience, at least. It was like, oh my God, I need to make a change. Yeah. Like if everything was easy. There's no catalyst. Exactly, exactly. Sometimes like getting in trouble and making huge mistakes are the only way to really like launch that other chapter of your life. Yeah. And that's, and everybody's different. You know, there, you could be sitting there one day and be like, I should do this. And then that changes. Not everybody's like that. Sometimes it takes right. a big, something big like that to happen. You know, and it's, especially in West Virginia because there's there's not a whole lot to do. So like finding who you are and what you want, want to do, especially if it's anything with art, it's tough in this area. Whether it it's, you know, dance, music, whatever. It's just not a good spot for it. No, it's truth. not. And even though Jed's like off coming up along, <laughs> I, I do want to expand on this. Yeah. Uh, 
So a little bit of detail on my my past is I used to have like a pretty bad drug problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and as crazy as it sounds, pole dancing really, really helped to pull mm-hmm. me out of that. It was it was something I thoroughly enjoyed. It was something that helped me to work through my problems. Um, and like it was it was an ultimatum. It's like I can't can't be a drug addict and an athlete, you know? and don't go hand in hand. Exactly. So, like, I had gotten sober a little, like, a few months before I started pole, but I I really attribute that to me maintaining my sobriety. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I really, I want this to be out there for people who maybe, even if it's not addiction, you know, whatever issue they might be dealing with. Like, if they don't have access to it, you know, how are they going to stop? Yeah. Not that pole dancing is the cure all to everything. Yeah. I mean, pole dancing is a variable, but like you said, whether it's art or music or dance or working out or whatever. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that, that more people will, will latch onto that. Yeah. And having that, you know, that thing to go to in place of um, like say like yours was addiction or, you know, anything that somebody might be going through having something to, put in place of that that will keep one thing it'll keep their mind occupied because if your yes. mind's stagnant you're going to end up going back to the things you don't want to do right so if you're ready in your mind to do that and have that passion and drive to do something it, it could be working at mcdonald's if that's your drive do it right if it's you know but whatever it is there can be those things that that one thing or multiple things that you do that will help you overcome that absolutely so you know, using, you know, your pole fitness, like that, that to you was, and is your way of maintaining your sobriety. Oh, it totally so, is. And the business in itself is as well. It's yeah. like, all right, I have accountability now. Yeah. Like, um, I'm, I'm happy to like share this with the community, but selfishly there is, there is a little motive oh, yeah. there of like, I need to dive into this project or, or I might kind of lose it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so this is, this is more than just a business to me. I mean, it's, it's been really life changing. This podcast has been brought to you by 13 Palm Trees Podcast Productions. Check us out online at 13palmtrees.com.